everybody, and welcome to Volume 3, Issue 148 of the Cana Rinse Podcast. You can play along with what's left of Cana Rinse Volume 3. Our final two issues of our third year are Dragon Age Origins. Uh, good luck playing that one if you haven't started already in time for the podcast. Uh, and its DLC, Awakening. Uh, and finally, we'll be uh, concluding Volume 3 with Issue 150, Hotline Miami. Head to canarince.com for the full schedule, the blog, links to our merchandise store, Facebook page, Google+, YouTube channel. And as always, please subscribe, review, and rate us on iTunes. Thank you. Now joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue, it's Tony Atkins. Quick save. Quick load. Carl Moon. Hey, guys. <laughs> Uh, I suppose we should do a spoiler warning um, for this game, just in case. Uh, I doubt it will affect anyone. I doubt we'll get that much into the nitty-gritty of what happens in the story. Um, spoiler, the Allies win uh, in 1945. <laughs> war's yeah, war's bad. Um, and all that. Now, why Medal of Honor Allied Assault, you ask? Well, it's an interesting one, why mm. we decided to do this. Um it's not really that we wanted to talk about the Medal of Honor series as such, although we will talk a little bit about how it got to this uh, this game in a moment. It's really more because um, we didn't know where to start talking about Call of Duty on Kane and Rinse. Tony, care to uh, expand on that? Well, it's what well, us being Kane and Rinse. We, you know, we we when Lee and me sit down, we work out exactly how we're going to do each show. We like to kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just think, you know, what would be the most interesting way to tackle it? Certainly if it's a series, what interesting way to tackle a series? And where do you start with Call of Duty? I mean, most people would say, obviously, Call of Duty 4 is, you know, massively influential in, in the first-person shooter. Um, yeah. In the multiplayer Genre. arena, of course. Well, as, yeah, as well. But, like, that's just one story. That's just one Call of Duty game. I, mean, I would say that, you know, I, I loved my time with the previous Call of Duty games um, and there's a lot of people that have never played those games and, and maybe we should just tackle it straight from that very first one and work our way through all the series and oh my god yeah, that's a big series now so as we like to do and Kane and Rins, as Leon and me like to do we went we're going to start from the very start <laughs> yeah with a different franchise so this uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure people will know um, uh, Western Zampella the two names that were uh, bandied around when uh, after the acrimonious split of Infinity Ward from Activision after whichever Call of Duty it was I forget now Modern Warfare 2 was that the last one they did so, yeah. uh, they, yeah. they were at um, but previously to that, uh, as they are again now doing Titanfall as Respawn, they were with uh, working with EA um, uh, at the studio 2015 Inc. who made this game. And if you've played the first Call of Duty, um, I, don't, I don't know if you can still buy the PC version on any of... Is it on Origin or Steam? I'm not sure. I would imagine so. But you can play it on Xbox 360 as Call of Duty Classic. Um, and it's not an amazing version in some ways. It, it wasn't designed originally with a controller in mind. But it is interesting because you will see that the original Call of Duty, the first one, is almost a remake of Medal of Honor Allied Assault. It's like a... Mm -hmm. it's like yeah. a it's like a, a it's got different missions but it's it's pretty much like a the the direct straight follow-up sequel come remake to, to medal of honor allied assault so that's how that's how we got here um it's a it's a it's a mildly interesting franchise in itself in that uh it started in the wake of saving private ryan obviously the the 98 uh multi-award winning spielberg movie and uh the subsequent 
Tom Hanks and Spielberg exec produced uh, HBO series Band of Brothers, mm-hmm. um, and the first um, the first Medal of Honor was a PlayStation One um, uh, first person shooter, which uh, of which there weren't tons, and the more successful ones tended to be ports of uh, older PC games like like Doom, and obviously there was that amazing port of Quake Two, um, which I guess was about the same time, um, but original brand new first person shooters for for ps1 weren't all that common um this one was by the the dreamworks uh, interactive subsidiary which is obviously part of dreamworks at skg the spielberg katzenberg geffen uh, studio who um make you know who produce the spielberg directed movies and other stuff um dreamworks obviously has now got its own animation studio and so so on so on so on um I think another interesting thing before we talk if we've actually played any of these early Medal of Honours is to look at where we are in the grand pantheon of first-person shooter timeline. Um, So just to put this game in context, uh, so in 1992 we had Wolfenstein 3D, not the first um, first first-person shooter but one of the very first significant ones and... Uh, and I think I certainly, having played a bit of that again recently in Wolfenstein and New Order, was quite was surprisingly <laughs> much reminded of Medal of Honor and I'd sort um, uh, reminded of that when playing this one. Uh, Doom was 93, um, and obviously uh, things happened, more things happened with Doom. Quake was 1996. Gold and I. 007 on the N64 was 97, so that was full five years before Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Half-Life uh, was 98, of course. Halo Combat Evolved was 2001 in America and 2002 in Europe. Then, in 2002, we have Medal of Honor Allied Assault. Um, and then thinking about what came after, just for context, Half-Life 2 arrived two years after this, in uh, 2004. And Call of Duty... Jeez. Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare arrived in 2007. Is that can that be true? Only five years after they'd already managed to get up to call. Of course, because it was annualised around, and they used <laughs> Treyarch. Yeah, so so the, the yeah, I mean, COD Four is now seven years ago, and obviously we've you know that's become a uh, a rather big deal franchise wise. Um, but yeah, so this was five years before, and we're now actually seven years after COD Four. Um, and as I say, so Medal of Honor the first, the the PlayStation game. Um, was 1999 now i remember playing medal of honor a demo on the playstation and i was not terribly impressed did, did anyone play the first playstation game yeah i um i rented it uh back mm. in the days when we had blockbuster stores and you could actually get games quite easily and i remember i wanted to play it because this game was pushed heavily because of the steven spielberg connection it was yes. from the adverts to the media prints that, that this was going to be the next big first person series and that this was going to change, you know, the shooting genre forever. And obviously, whilst it never, it was pretty good. Uh, at least, at least in my opinion, I actually quite enjoyed it. Like you said, it yeah. was an original game. There weren't many original first-person shooters on the PlayStation. In fact, there weren't many first-person shooters at all. There were certainly even fewer good ones. And uh, yeah. yeah, I always remember it. it was a little muggy. It was it was a very difficult to sort of make things out it was very you know that typical brown gray blue sort of appearance that we had with a lot of games towards the end of that system's life cycle and with what they had i always quite enjoyed the medal of honor games it was it was the steven spielberg connection that got me in but i enjoyed it enough that the name continued to stick with me that i wanted to play the consecutive medal of honor titles at least for a while hmm 
Yeah, I'm from the same area. I, I never played Allied Assault, the game that we're talking about this evening. Oh, you didn't uh, prior- at the time, okay. No, uh, probably well, because PC, yeah. you know, yeah, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I did play the PlayStation ones, and I remember thinking them they, they were pretty good. I, you know, I'd imagine now if I loaded them up, that probably wouldn't be the case. Oh, uh, um, given... Well, yes. But, you know, I... I, I vividly remember what the cover looks like on the playstation yeah, yeah. one version um stuff like that like that was it was suddenly something that i i played for i remember the a ridiculous tank battle that was really hard um you know there's there's a few bits in there that stick out in my mind but i, I wouldn't be able to give you a, a rundown of how, of no, how no. great it really was but it was something I, I definitely played on the playstation and i understood the series importance i, I felt like you know it was it had something to say which you know a lot of playstation stuff you know wasn't tackling that even if it was kind of yeah eh. i remember from the from the demo i played i remember it you know as you'd expect from dreamworks and and the fact that they were you know mentioning saving private ryan and band of brothers in the same breath mm. for obvious reasons i remember it being of you know high production values and you know a bombastic soundtrack and, and all that sort of thing and it, it tried to keep that uh that tone of of those uh those fiction fictional world war ii dramas uh, you know the very serious very u.s centric um but occasionally for me sometimes actually you know they they kind of couldn't quite decide as you might expect from Spielberg as much as I love him whether they wanted to be you know super serious or a little bit Indiana Jones at times um, no, I, I still think though you know when it was like 98 you know that that region probably for the PlayStation stuff like it it was still very much you know first person shooter stuff experimental oh sure I yeah I, I really appreciated that you know somebody was trying to take you know, do you know at least almost a historical angle on a game you know a lot of you had a lot of kind of shoot just shooting people you know back then but it's it definitely tried attempted some sort of weight didn't it rather than yeah but i remember it being you know coming to medal of honor in 99 after you know two years after goldeneye which was still being played a lot uh waiting for perfect dark at this point um it felt you know, it felt like the machine wasn't really powerful enough to do it mm. justice. It looked, it looked uh, a bit, you know, as those wobbly, wobbly, murky, wobbly, murky polygons and um, did, you know, digital control even. Um, or it may have used the analog sticks at, at, in '99. Thinking about it, I don't know. I don't. But I doubt it, it was. But... I doubt it was full modern twin analog stick control. But forgive me if I'm wrong. Anyway, well, I mean, the biggest influence for Medal of Honor and the reason it came about was Goldeneye. Um, it's that one of those famous stories where Steven Spielberg had just come off the back of obviously Band of Brothers and, and Saving Private Ryan, and his son was playing uh, Goldeneye, mm. and Steven Spielberg was impressed, and he obviously has a fascination with World War Two. His son quite fancied playing a World War Two shooter. They sort of got their heads together, and Steven Spielberg thought that the way to go was to actually create a shooter, um, and that, yeah. that's basically the reason he went to the studio and Medal of Honor came about. That's the, that's the yeah that's that's certainly the story we're told. Similarly, when mm. when he ended up doing a game uh, with EA again back in, in uh, a few years later in two thousand eight, Boomblocks, Boom mm. um, it was the game that he wanted to play with his uh, his presumably then younger children. I love Boomblocks. I think it's a fantastic game, but um, it was always felt like a weird. I mean, at least Medal of Honor kind of made sense, whereas Boomblocks yeah. like Spielberg's Bloom, Boomblocks. Why I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Medal of Honor. Um, Oh, there was there was a there was one PS one sequel, um, something 12, twelve or thirteen different games, including the, the two thousand and ten and two thousand twelve reboots, which didn't really gain a lot of traction. Seemingly, I don't know if they made money or, or whatever. Um, the game that we're talking about, Allied Assault, came out alongside a consoleized 
uh, version, uh, which was diff- similar but different, Medal of Honor Frontline. I remember playing the PS2 version after buying it off a friend, and after after playing the PC version, Allied Assault, it felt just terrible. It was it felt really clunky. The controls didn't seem to lend themselves to the the dual shock, and just the, the the visuals just weren't up to snuff compared to the console version. But again, maybe if I hadn't played Allied Assault first, I would have felt more. I don't think that would it. have been the case. I mean, I played Frontline. I remember I actually went to go and visit my uh, grand down south, and her son, my uncle, had his PlayStation Two there, and he he was working away, and he said he you know he just got the new Medal of Honor game on the PlayStation Two. I thought, great, I finally get to play the Frontline because obviously that had quite a lot of hype behind it as well. I had a huge press media advertising presence at the time, and I absolutely loathed it. It was it was as you said it was completely clunky it was even arguably more muggy than the first game because it was trying stuff that it just didn't work and it came after the likes of something like halo on console which just Mm. felt so fresh for a console game and frontline as a result just felt like it was old well before its time and didn't do it for me i actually played allied assault after i played frontline thankfully Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there were various games which we won't go into, but uh, the the game sort of um, spanned across consoles. You had that scenario where in the mid-2000s there were games coming out for the, the, the three consoles then, PS2, Xbox and GameCube, but then later on you ended up with, with one that came out on both PS2 and Wii, uh, and then there was just one single uh, PS3 um, PC and 360 game in 2007, Medal of Honor Airborne, which I don't suppose too many people remember in the I, year that I COD... played. D- uh, did you? Okay. I did, and do you know what? I thought it was actually not that bad. Okay. I, thought it, I, I think it got a, a fairly muted response mm. in the press. But um, Was it out near time, um, COD 4, or was it uh, earlier in the year? I'm not sure. I, I played it for achievements, I'll be honest. Yeah, um, fair enough. At, when I was playing against Regime, yeah. so um, I, I, you know, I, I really liked the idea because one of its core features, which you know, thinking about it, it was you know, it's pretty unique. Is you'd dropped down from an air, airplane and you'd drop down and into the uh, the battlefield as it was, um, and you could choose the spot basically where you'll land on the map, and you'd work to a, a you know, ejection point on the map. Now it'd be up to you to decide how you were going to tackle A, B or C and you, you'd land somewhere and, and move on from there. It had, it had some you know, nice little kind of interesting touches to it that other, I haven't seen in other stuff. So I don't think it was a, a terrible game by any means. And actually, you know, comparatively, you could argue, you know, from where the series origins is, it was, I thought it was quite a solid entry, but uh, I haven't played any of the new stuff. So, yeah. which I hear is, is a, uh, yeah, Let, well, let's not talk about them because we're Kane and Rince and it would be unfair it, it to... Is... I played one level of the 2010 game and no. I didn't enjoy it, but that doesn't, you know, that's not... I can't I can't talk about the whole game it, based it on that. It is no. funny to me to, to, to see kind of what the legacy of uh, Medal of Honor is that it spawned essentially Call of Duty. Yeah. Uh, that's how that's many people see, the, see the franchise. The, the most interesting thing for me about the sort of the legacy of Medal of Honor is that at least when you're talking about something like Call of Duty, you've got consistently there's been two developers at least up until Sledgehammer for the one coming out later this year um, in Treyarch and Infinity Ward but for Medal of Honor it was it was basically a, a whole yeah. roulette wheel of which developer are you going to choose next and you know Quite there's countless different ALA, ones uh, uh, you know Netherrock, TKO uh, obviously the, the latest ones that went to DICE which was kind yeah. of strange given the, the Battlefield connection you know they, they went to the uh, EA uh, Canada studio which was very you know, popular for a period of time for EA to push the Canadian studio on their sports games and such. And then Danger Close Games did the last one, which mm. has 
you know, is probably the last one we're going to see for a while, given that Peter Moore himself said that the, the series has been taken out of rotation because it just simply didn't sell. No, well, it's, yeah, there's, it's got some couple of games that compete with it quite well. I think most of the most of the core series games on consoles were by ELA, which were the which was the studio yeah. that DreamWorks Interactive became, I believe. Um, so that sort of makes sense. And but I this, think there was a lack of consistency on format releases as well, which I don't think helped the the series through the you know the early two thousands um, onwards until it was essentially reborn uh, because usually you get the release and it's consistent isn't it you know you had Wii Xbox uh, 360 and, and PS3 and now you've got Xbox One and PS4 and you know that the next release is going to be on those consoles and that was never the case with this one would be PSP one would be Game Boy Advance then you'd yeah. have one that had the GameCube then you'd have one that didn't have the GameCube and it was it was just a really mixed Special mention for the Game Boy Advance game, the GBA game. Um, never hmm. got around to playing it myself, but it reviewed really quite well, um, eights everywhere plus, and wow. it's often regarded as, it's not a first-person shooter, you see. It's a yeah. sort of, uh, it's a top-down sort of Tactical. pixel graphics throwback to a, to a sort of, um, you know, top-down arcade shooter like Commando or something like that. And by all accounts, it's, it's a fine example of that genre. And that, that was, uh, yeah, December 2003 um, by Netherrock. Uh, so yeah, for shout out to that one, which is probably the best reviewed Medal of Honor after the one we're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I yes, you, Tony, you said you didn't um, play this uh, back no. in two thousand and two. Um, so you've played it just for this podcast? Yes. Yeah, so obviously it was released only on PC. Um, I I don't know the reasons for that, as it has a series on on the console. But you know they, they obviously decided to go with the power of the PC. Um, I didn't have a PC back then, so um, yeah. I I unfortunately with this game, I feel like I've played sections of it multiple times, and I, and I just yeah. I think that's down to the fact that you know World War Two shooters. You know there is so many things you can do, like blowing up bridges is one of those things. You know assault of beaches is another one mm-hmm. of those things. So I feel like I've I've experienced this game multiple times uh, in my years of playing first person shooters, but you know none of it is necessarily. Yes, this was definitely the game I played. So. Um, I'm 99% sure I've never played this game and I played it uh, to com- right, I completed it last night uh, but uh, yeah it's, it's taken a, you know, a couple of weeks of just you know, dipping in and dipping out and, and yeah, playing through levels so yes. yeah brand new in 2014 we should say it's available uh, entirely legally for uh, I think usually it's $9.99 on good old games but obviously they have regular sales um, yeah I think I picked up like a $5 sale yeah, yeah. and it comes yeah. with uh, both DLC packs, which we'll talk about later. Um, I did play this in uh, 2002. I had a PC that ran it at the time, um, and I enjoyed it up to a point. Certainly, I found the the, the famous uh, the beach landing section, which is obviously drawn, you know, in some ways shot for shot from Saving Private Ryan. My you know my favourite and probably many people's most memorable sequence of Saving Private Ryan. Um, but playing it again now, perhaps it doesn't quite have the same impact. Um, I got, uh, I didn't complete it back in uh, 2002 because there is a level that uh, we'll probably talk about, which is, uh, which I found horribly frustrating, really annoying, um, to the point that after having quite enjoyed shooting a lot of Nazis up to that point, uh, I just couldn't be asked to play it anymore. So that was that until uh, buying it again recently on Good Old Games for this podcast, and I did 
through extensive use of F5, F9. Um, Exercise those demons. Yes, yes. Uh, get through to the end. And I played through all of the uh, first DLC, Spearhead, and then I got about halfway through the second piece of DLC, and I'll talk about why I didn't complete that later. Carl, so you played this back in the day, but after you played the console uh, PS2 equivalent. Yes, I, um, I, I, I was back in college in 2002 and this came at a real strange time for me in terms of console and PC gaming because just the year before I'd picked up something like I'd picked up Max Payne uh, which I absolutely adored on the PC at the time it was technically wonderful and then I sort of got into Counter-Strike which you know was my first person shooter for a number of years that I would play I just started to really push into online gaming Um, as a result I left Medal of Honor Allied Assault uh, until my next year of college where people were talking about it and I thought well I might as well pick it up it was a little bit cheaper Uh, and I played through it then but it wasn't a game that I found that I could start and and finish in say a week or two weeks it was a real extended play time because if I would if I would be on the PC I could play it for 20 25 30 minutes and then I'd just play some more Counter-Strike or something like that and then um, of course at the end of the year we had, and I was heavily into land gaming at the time. Um, and Battlefield 1942 came out. This, you know, new World War Two game that was massively multiplayer, at least at the time. And we would play that at the lands, and that started to get my attention, along with Counter Strike. And as a result, Allied Assault really did become a real extensively long playthrough, both because it's quite long. Uh, it has some very tedious moments, which we'll discuss later. And, of course, I just, just had better alternatives at the time to play. I, I will say that I, I've always been aware of... Certainly the legacy of Allied Assault has been in the last kind of you know big one before everything kind of changed. Um, and very much so of its kind of Metacritic score that's always been you know incredibly high up on any of the boards. You know, I believe it sits at 91 mm-hmm. Um, you know, which, you know, after many, many years, you know, games that sit up that high, you know, you do take notice of them. So I've always been very much aware of its, its you know, its fairly kind of lauded presence mm. of uh, of a game. So uh, that's why I was one of the, the ones that, okay, well, yeah, it'd be interesting to sign up and, and, and get on board and, and finally get around to playing this game, which, you know, is, is you know, you know highly regarded for all accounts. So it came out in uh, January and February in 2002. I remember buying this for brand new price of 34.99 on PC, two discs in a, uh, one of the first games I had, well maybe not one of the very first, but one of the earlier games I had in a DVD style case um, because previous to that point console games had been in their own just bespoke little boxes and PC games had either come in the the little dual cases or yeah. the big cardboard boxes so this was a new and exciting era of uh, of plastic cases <laughs> um and yeah 34.99 is still about the price you'd expect to pay a, a new pc game in a shop today i guess for for a lot of them anyway um it was built in id tech 3 so i assume that's the same engine as quake 3 or 4 I don't know. It, it was a spin-off of the of the Quake right. Three engine uh, yeah. that, that came through one of their lesser-known games, the uh, the FAKK Two, or uh, Freedom Assault, something something bizarre squared. Okay. It was one of those really strange games, but it had really interesting technology that was sort of licensed out as a result, and that that's yeah. what Medal of Honor Allied Assault was built on. 
Cool. Uh, there was a, a Mac version came later in 2002 in, in the summer, uh, and a Linux version arrived even back then in 2004. I mean, yeah. Uh, so, booting this up today, um, the, the first thing that sort of struck me was uh, the lack of native widescreen support for my monitor. Now, I believe you can rectify this by going into the console or possibly with uh, user mods. I'm not entirely sure, but I played it for uh, authenticity's sake in a, uh, a four to three aspect ratio. Um, another thing that I, sort of struck me is I was playing it for a while. I went into the video options and did everything obviously you know my current pc <laughs> plays plays this at, at full spec but it doesn't um i think your current phone would probably play yeah full spec exactly now. it doesn't mm. auto detect anything so you have to go no, in no. And, um, it's all set to low yeah it's all set to medium or low so i went in and tweaked all that and came out and played the first couple of levels um and then when i was out in the menu again i noticed that i'd completely missed the advanced option <laughs> and in there you get to crank it crank the textures up add volumetric smoke um, what else is there? Uh, there's basically smooth out all the polygons and yeah, add various PC style bells and whistles. There's quite a number of uh, dials, bells and whistles that you can um, you can alter. Um, go back into the game, and it does make. I would say it does. You know, it makes things somewhat more palatable than playing playing the 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 game as is out of the box or out of the download um but that said you know we're we're dealing with a 2002 pc game i think 3d graphics from that era as we've we've often found perhaps haven't aged the best even with a game we covered recently system shock 2 obviously car you played it with mods on i didn't as much as i thought that yeah. game was largely terrific um you know it, it's not the the prettiest thing in the world but that was three years before this this looks more you know filmic photorealistic than that but i actually found um one of the most interesting f- aspects for me was um michael uh Gacchino or Giacchino, depending who which you prefer i believe he says Gacchino. um his uh music now he, he's a composer who's gone on to uh great you know great high profile things he's won multiple uh baftas academy awards emmys um for his work on things like the incredibles and ratatouille and up and star trek and the lost tv series um he's currently scoring jurassic world he did uh, dawn of planet of the apes he's you know he's one of the yeah. in-demand composers yeah around. it'd be a surprise if people hadn't actually heard any of his pieces yeah totally. probably don't know his name you know he's not got a name like Hans zimmer where you sort of remember it but he's certainly written enough music that you will have almost certainly heard something yeah um and his music uh, i would say you know i i think for this is is tremendous i think it has uh it, it's interesting in that it's obviously designed to ape john williams music for uh, for everything but particularly for saving private ryan but what is interesting is i think the main theme for the nazis um does sound much more like it's from indiana jones and the last crusade which which i, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. does add a sort of crashing juxtaposition to the tone at one minute it's it's that very you know portentous uh you know melancholic saving private ryan stuff and then you're in this and it's like you know very um very much indiana jones territory uh which has, that was what sort of what i was getting at with 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 the movie itself is, is one of the problems i have with it but um it's as co- compositions go i think it's you know it's, it's terrific music but um i've got this weird thing now where the the graphics of at the time on the pc as on my pc back then looked 
pretty much cutting edge, right? And so the music being this full bombastic orchestral soundtrack fit, seemed to fit perfectly. But now, because the graphics look really old, the fact that the music's this, you know, this rich and organic sounding actually uh, kind of clashed for me. Was that, was that just me? Or was that, did you fellows feel the same way? I'm 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 with you. <laughs> it's I I find this I found I have found this one of the most extremely hard games to to figure out in my mind playing through mm. now. Um, you know because 2002. You know it's weird actually. You, you talking about Half Life coming out? Was it before this? Yes, four years um, before this. By the way, four years. So, so I, mean, I, I I'll get this out of the way. I don't think the game is particularly good. Um, but that's a different thing. I don't think the game particularly looks wonderful either, and that's with it all maxed out. Yeah. Now, the the problem is we're in 2014, almost entering 2015. It's a long time ago, and you need to separate, you know, what we have seen now versus what that game is. Um, but the the problem is what the game essentially is going for is you know it's realism. And we, we've said this many, many times about, you know, we have played some games way back in the day rather than, you know, 2002 is actually, you know, relatively close to some, of, you know, yeah, yeah. close to now mm. compared to some of the stuff we played back, you know, in the what, early 90s or even down into the 80s. So it, it's hard to separate because this is going for a realistic tone, a realistic look. It has really suffered, you know, the years have not been good for good to it. Um, so I, I found it quite a stumbling block because I think then that, peripherates through just about every part of the game um you know the gameplay is one thing but i you know the environment seemed to repeat over and over again um the, like you say the music really did did clash because you've got this massive orchestra score and you know you're trying to you know muddle your way through the environments so you know i, I, I am finding it hard to kind of you know understand what this game was in 2002 mm, mm. Um, but the, then you hear stuff like you say half-life was four years previously to yeah. this and that and i still think that game looks phenomenal now um, you know, even with slightly muddled down textures, etc., I just think it's a you know, better design, better level mm. designed game. Mm. Um, and then on the other hand, you know, this this was a game that sits at ninety one percent on Metacritic, and you know, I've read through some other reviews, and you know, there, there's some very big words, and you know, some of the, you know, you know, phenomenal gameplay, you know, looks amazing, yeah. and so it's very hard to to look at that now and go, yes, okay, I understand where that was because, you know, I I just don't. <laughs> so but yeah to answer your question i think the music is is very very good although it seems to repeat yeah there is there, like one actually or two tracks you can, tend to repeat you can lot. get the soundtrack and it is i think it's five or seven tracks long okay. so yeah that that makes sense yeah, sorry i don't mean to like just crash the whole no, thing no, but it's, it's like it is it's essentially this is going to be a very hard game to, yeah, to yeah, talk we, about in context because you know of all the stuff that you know platformers etc you know people have been very quick to say well the first person shooter hasn't really evolved after all these years and you know, anybody in the know knows that is not the case you know we've had massive improvements yeah. and actually the interesting thing is going back to this now is experiencing what a game was in 2000 first person shooter was in 2002 comparative to what it is now you can you can see like the huge improvements we made in in the genre um but then again like you say half-life four years previously mm. to this and halo previously to like yeah halo halo came before this and uh, this, yeah which i would certainly you know, put that on ahead of this I'd, I'd play the xbox originals version of my 360 in preference to playing allied assault based on oh, my completely. last couple of weeks experience so 
But yeah, yeah. so yeah, continue on from my kind of weird yeah, yeah. kind of um, introduction. Well, the other thing I wanted to say on, on, as regards to that, I, I sort of derailed going into the, that, that weird effect, which is, um, you know, that there is an element of, of time passing to this, as I say, mm-hmm. in the sense that back in 2002, because the graphics looked state of the art, pretty much i don't think i don't think my pc would even have everything maxed out you know uh, to run it successfully yeah. and you know that that level in this game the the, the beach landing is, is probably the thing that was most talked about um and and saving private ryan was still fresh in the memory then uh, you know perhaps the most you know visceral depiction of that that uh, momentous event in history and the game you know, at the time, it felt like it did a really good version of selling that audio visually, and it had, you know, things that Half Life had perhaps um, gone a long way to uh, initiating a few years before the sort of in-engine cutscenes, as it were. You know, action playing out. So, you know, you were going towards the the beach and the landing craft, and landing crafts to yeah. your left and right were getting blown up. And you know, the audio design I think throughout is is strong. Not just the music, but the gun sounds I think hold up well. Um, and the whizzing bullets across the head. I mean, that, yeah. that one particular scene yeah. is still it it holds up. The problem is the moment that the boat you know lands. I know. Yeah. And and it opens up. And and this is where I get confused because this beach landing has been now been done multiple times. Yes. Um, and you know this may be the same the developers. First yeah, I mean that has that have tackled it, but mm. unfortunately, so so I shall give you an example. The, the door opens, and of course you have the bullets. You know, feels like the bullets are whistling. whistling Everyone past else in the craft, the landing craft, except yeah. you, dies, and they um, just fall, fall like they do in, yeah, in the film. You jump down onto the beach, and you have to work your way up the beach. Now you will die a lot working your way up the beach, and you know, certainly I understand in that one particular scene why they laid that out as that because it's you know we know it's a horrific time in our history, um, and it, it, so it gets that part right. The, the problem is what we have now is spectacle. You know, first-person shooter spectacle games are you know ten to a dozen. They're everywhere, and you know if I think of Battlefield and even in the sound tech of Battlefield, like the the war. I think they use the war soundtrack in in Battlefield, and you've got like the shell shock. It can be so loud of bombs going off that you do really kind of feel like you're in inside that. So it can't quite meet there. And you know now with with Call of Duty, there's bombs being dropped. There's you know people blowing up and left, right and centre and there'd be smoke coming across the, the planes and you know dirt being hit in the, the players' face. Water spray. And water spray. Yeah. And um, instead what you're, you know, you're greeted with is you jump down in the water and you work your way up a beach and a kind of like firecracker goes off in front of your face and, and the sound is the thing that's selling it. Now, here's the problem. In 2002, I'm going to say that that was pretty bombastic and that was pretty... Terrifying. It was quite effective, yeah. I um, found, but in in 2014, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, sort of. Like, yeah, so I mean, even like the, the design of that mission, as much as I remember playing it at the time, I found it. I found elements of of it unsatisfactory. Um, we're sort of skipping mm. ahead here because there are a couple of more traditional FPS missions before this. Um, but you can, you listeners can extrapolate from how we're going to talk about this or how these things play out. Um, but yes, you, I remember finding it frustrating how uh, you were expected to. Uh, I, I don't know what the the official name for them. I'm no military historian, but the, basically the big metal things they put on the beach to stop. Uh, the Allied forces just driving tanks up and blowing the, blowing their their install their fortresses installations out. Um, obviously, the 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 troops use them for 
cover. Now, in the game, of course, they're 100% successful to be used for cover, whereas in real life, you would have probably been being hit with shrapnel and, and goodness knows what. So you're using the control key to crouch, and, and then you're expected to go from uh, pothole to pothole, um, which gives you, you know, miraculously perfect cover. But in the period between potholes you you i think there are gaps in the gunfire that you can you can use to to progress so you don't have to take damage but the chances are you will take some damage um and occasionally you'll come across a medic who'll give you a medikit because it's that i quite like that yeah, yeah. Th- this game is pre uh, well it's not pre regenerating health because halo of course had it but halo also had many many packs at, the, at this stage so this is a this is a, a more traditional first person shooter in that regard you can't just stay in cover until you're miraculously healed you could argue that this is a more realistic solution um, but it can become quite frustrating at sections in the game that are extremely tough and don't give you much you know many medikits to to find to use um and yeah just the actual i found the actual getting up the beach bit in this was never fun now maybe that's the point I, yeah i'm not, I'm not too sure it was ever meant to be fun. the point yeah so. yeah um it was presumably again back in 2002 uh the idea was that you were just so you know overwhelmed in the same way i remember talking i think some years ago back on gamer dork about um playing going online with battlefield uh bad company maybe it was or maybe it was more recently on battlefield 3 um that sense that when you jump into a game of battlefield online even though it's obviously a it's infin- infinitely uh, you know, in, just inconsequential compared to really going that. But it, at, at this stage, it does a good enough job for those of us who have been lucky enough not to fight in a combat zone to give a good impression to the point that it makes us actually a little bit trepidatious about jumping into the battle. And, you know, yeah. the use of surround audio and shouts of, uh, you know, shouts of troopers and explosions actually intimidating. Now, Again, back in 2002, maybe this game, uh, this is stereo sound. I don't think it has a surround sound option. I was playing headphones, you know, so... No, you're just high quality, yeah, yeah but low. Yeah. Uh, Actually made a, a remarkable dis- difference, Tugly, in that switch. It really was quite muffled. Yeah, yeah, low, low sample rates, yeah. Um, you know, I played it back through on... Uh, played it through on easy, and I wouldn't describe it as easy. Um <laughs> I, because I remembered getting stuck on normal and I didn't want to get stuck and not beat the game. I certainly don't feel like I, um, you know, didn't have the full experience by playing it on easy. And the idea of playing it on hard, well, it would be very much because of the nature of the way the game works with its sort of enemy waves or monster closet type situations. You could certainly learn how to play it again with judici- judicious use of quick, quick save and quick load. You could learn where everything spawns. But there are certain sections, particularly in the DLC, that are just... Uh, you just need to learn them and, and never miss, basically. Some people uh, really got a huge kick out of playing the more recent Call of Duties on that veteran difficulty. Now, yeah, may- when I did, maybe, yeah. um, maybe the, the, the whole achievement situation has added added something to that which obviously isn't present here you get medals um in the game there is a there is an in-game medal box and some of them you just get for playing through the game sometimes you even get them for dying and sometimes you get them for fulfilling certain conditions um but there's no you know you're not going to get something on your good old games account saying you know i beat medal of honor allied assault on on uh on on expert or you know on hard or, or even anything that you you beat it at all 
Um, obviously, yes, we're talking, of course, we're talking mouse and keys. Uh, there's, there is no other, literally no other way to play this, I wouldn't have thought, unless maybe somebody out there, for whatever crazy you reason, has decided yeah, to. But, you, know. you can map it using one of those yeah, ma- mapping programs or whatever. Oh, one thing I did just want to mention, um, despite all those advanced uh, visual options, uh, V-Sync isn't included. So uh, you actually have to press that tilde key, get the console up and go and search out the command for V-Sync, which I did. Um, <laughs> interesting because it, it does tear quite a lot without that um but yeah so absolutely on to the feel of playing the game let's talk about the main aspect of moving around and shooting nazis now my take <laughs> on this is it's actually that's the bit i still enjoyed like i think the enemy soldiers lose a lot for having n- no havoc or physics or anything like that the animations are, are, are stilted the, the models are, are simplistic but the feel and maybe it's down to the sound and maybe it's down to the mouse control i actually enjoyed shooting nazis with a garand rifle a lot um and that was what kept me going when i may have given this game up you know even though i, I would have persisted for the podcast but it was the the sound and the feel of the weapons and the the simple one of life's simple joys of gunning down nazis um <laughs> i actually had quite a lot of fun with that are we allowed to say that anymore i don't know it's, no i think gunning down on. nazis is still okay <laughs> okay they they did start it um yeah but do you know what i mean so yes in the scenarios where say it was um you know using the a good old-fashioned sniper rifle and you got the old ching of the clip once yes. once you finished it. it and you got like a proper bolt and you reload in the, the gun and when you're not under heavy fire mm. I, I found the shooting perfectly competent uh the the problem is i i found particularly that it had is that it it done the old trick of you know numbers just pure numbers um so there would be you know corridors where they would literally flood you and the, the ai is to attack <laughs> it's just char- get get that Some person of them in that do room hide behind things but yeah. yes but it um, was I, and yeah. so so the other issues are you know modern gaming convention is you can look down basically the barrel of your gun like yeah. left trigger like obviously all that iron stuff sights, unless not- yeah, iron, unless you've got a sniper rifle you know that that isn't an option you know nor is leaning nor is and so you you find yourself it's I mean it's an old style shooter so you find yourself um, in the scenario, a, a lot of standing in a a room that you've worked to, saving, moving, you know, sh- you know, strafing right to shoot for the door, killing some people, saving, stra- strafing right, <laughs> killing some people, saving, strafing right, until es- essentially they stop spawning or you've pushed through a corridor and got past the the point where you know the game will move on. Um, like that's old school. That that fair enough, but playing it now in, in 2014 where we, we've advanced so past that and even you know looking at something a halo before it the genre had already left what this game did behind um you know half-life left this game behind and i think what i'm surprised is i remember this game being lauded for a you know a fairly big grand story but its presentation of that stuff is is particularly you know it, it's it's saved to basically screens in between levels um you know and you, you feel like you got maybe you got a purpose but I, I think it's called a duty that did you know went very far in in the way of, of basically saying like you know these were the wars giving a little bit more kind of detail of why you were fighting these wars 
um, a little bit more interaction between that stuff. So I just found it more of a you know push your through through push yourself through overwhelming odds, which you know that's probably what the game was about. But it, it doesn't make it particularly fun for me to play through now. And it's I think it gets worse. So I think the start of the game is actually that like the first three levels are, are perfectly fine in that regard. But as you get deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into the campaign the numbers get higher and higher and you know health backs become a you know a real thing you need to be concerned about and then you got the the, the ones that take slightly longer to kill um i just so i just found it become a, a real situation of save and load and save and load and i think if if you are relying on a quick save system literally every two or three enemies that you kill there is something fundamentally wrong with I, the I agree but maybe we were just all being rubbish <laughs> It's got a challenge, yeah. And if they, I mean, maybe that one of the reasons that um, the Frontline, the, the PS2 Medal of Honor, uh, didn't work for, for those of us who played it was because it kept too much of that PC-esque philosophy without giving you a quick save. I, I, I don't remember because I remember the, the shooting I, feeling off as well and stuff like that, but that might have been, might have been part of it. I, I would also say that the game is extremely unfair with its AI. The, they have the ability to see you half a mile across a map. <laughs> they sort of correct that have... a little bit in the DLC. Similarly, you also mentioned the leaning, the lack of leaning. Weirdly, uh, you can lean in the multiplayer, not that you can play the multiplayer now. Um, they only switched it off from GameSpy relatively recently, I think earlier this year. But uh, the the enemies became less um, instantly responsive in the DLC. Um, well, certainly the spearhead, anyway. But the, but the way I, I phrase it, so this game wanted to be, you know, a, a, you know, almost described as like this bombastic kind of, you know, first person shooter kind of action thing. I don't think it was going for, you know, huge undertones of realism in the fact that, no, you know, well, the you missions get you're shot on a, a, a ludicrous, you know, the, like, yeah, it's but, making this big, this big thing about you being this hero that's going to save the world from the Nazis. But they, they just, you know, they like said, right, just go, go up there, blow up these three installations, then infiltrate this underground fortress, which we know is completely full of Nazis, then steal these plans, then get out and blow up the bridge. And like, that is not, you know, you can't all by yourself. You, exactly. Not give you you can't, yeah, maybe you'll have one person <laughs> that you'll have to, have to es- escort through a bit of it, which will make it less fun um but you know it really undermined the idea that this was a serious war game because missions i mean i know there were insane acts of valor and heroism by by individuals but but the the act you know the the idea that one person could just take on entire facilities (laughs) full of nazis i'm afraid that wouldn't have worked out too well and it, it is weird because it does have like it does have attempts at, at subtlety like that you can stealth sections of you it. Can sneak if you in, hold yeah. down the shift key and use a silenced pistol, you can do certain sections. And then without. bring your passport out yeah, and dress as a German soldier. It's interesting stuff. I mean, certainly Goldeneye was responsible for a lot of this stuff. The idea of you know missions with multiple, um, you know, uh, what's the word? Paths or, Path or scenarios? Yeah, things yeah. that you had to do basically. Objectives is the word I'm yeah, yeah. reaching for. Um, now, uh, one of the problems again here is the uh, the compass that that used. I mean, it, uh, basically a very similar uh, device. I think th- this first appeared in the first Medal of Honor, and it's it's almost unchanged. Well, um, the, the compass that says it's over to the left, but you need to go forward for twenty minutes to get exactly, through a gate that yeah, takes there's, you to there's the There's some left. real pathfinding <laughs> issues. You've been rubbing up against the left wall for yeah. half an hour, thinking, "Well, apparently it's here." And also uh, things like, again, things you probably wouldn't see now. So you've got some doors that look exactly like other doors. Some doors open, some doors don't. Um, 
some of them just yeah some of them make a noise sometimes you, some you've got pass and they spawn behind you yeah because they open even though you try to open you've it. got a very obvious uh, door with a big light over it and you know since valve taught us that all developers use that as a trick to uh you know guide the player um you try the door you follow the light try the door with the light and that it's a completely different door that's hidden behind a fence behind a bush that you can't quite clip through you know it's just all this it's, stuff. it's interesting because as much as like there's there's a couple of scenes so for instance the beach stuff i think is is yeah, well done um there's the very end level before it gets absolutely ridiculous <laughs> at the end but it's before ridiculous. that when you're actually working your way through the woodland i thought was a really good uh level because it you know you're quite claustrophobic mm. and you've got snipers and you can't quite work out the position but you, you feel like okay well i can use the wood as cover as much as you know they can't really see me and i, I thought that worked really well but you've got other sections where like the, the odds against the player are so highly stacked in the Germans' <laughs> yeah. favour, and so, uh, maybe rightly. I mean, they've they've got a fortified base, and you're just a single man. But you've got towers, and you've got well, but then you've got like these, you know, machine guns that can rip. You know, the ones that are stuck in bunkers and can rip everybody apart. Mm. And you've got a, a sniper rifle, and you take down the gunner, and then they replace the gunner with the gunner, and you take Sometimes, down the gunner, and they yeah, replace the four gunner or five with the times, gunner. Yeah. And then eventually, like, there's nobody left there, and you move four foot up, and then suddenly they spawn a gunner in there, <laughs> and you get ripped apart, and you go. And eventually you work out you just need to move up the right and not tackle that yep. at all. That's it. Yeah, that is exactly the, the, the thing I wanted, that I think my least favourite element of design about this game is. Now, it's funny because, you know, up until probably Modern Warfare 2, maybe, um, everyone used to, well, not everyone, a lot of people used to call out monster, uh, Call of Duty on its infinitely respawning monster closets, you know, its invisible gates where where you had to go mm-hmm, through a gate yeah. to get to the next uh, bit. Otherwise, you'll just be there wasting ammo forever. But this game, uh, I think even worse than that, and obviously, yes, it was some years before, um, there are certain sections where if you attempt to go down the path that you are not supposed to go down, it, it lets you know that, not by... Not, not by any other method than yeah, just killing you, just killing you over and over again. So like that, though these yeah, these it's exactly what you just said, Tony. The, these emplacements behind sandbags, some some of the time you can take out the two guys who are there or whatever, and get round behind those sandbags yourself. You can even use the the, the gun emplacement yourself on 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 the other Germans, and that's all good. But other times, yeah, there's a bit where um, there's a tank coming down a, a path towards you. Um, and I thought the idea was to run up behind the tank, do the thing again, like in the movie where you satchel, uh, yeah. satchel it. Um, sometimes the tanks have a, a little red marker where you put the thing on, you know how it works. Um, but in this case you follow it up and yeah, just, you just get, you just, you literally can't, cannot do that. You cannot go that way because the game has decided you can't, but it's way of communicating that to you is just by killing you in the normal way that it, would kill you if you were just being a bad player so you just you try it like five or six times before you realize that the compass was actually telling you to go through a house upstairs and get into this field another way or something and yeah just stuff like that just you so, if you if it happened now you'd be you'd be taking it back to the shop i think so so i feel like okay this this is an obvious complaint i'm coming at this you know 2014 and of course times have changed games have moved on um and even putting to one side that you know halo existed before this and half-life existed before this i just like i i feel it's such an 
old way of doing it. And there's sections in the game where I can't even imagine back then was fun. There's the, the sniper alley where it's, you, it's just you just force your way up this thing. You get you all get shot. You left, literally right and can't see them. Like no, it's not so like where, where's the fairness? <laughs> So there is no fairness because I mean they're shooting from a window. You look at the window, you cannot see anything, and it's because you need to move a bit further in the environment for then for them to pop in. So yeah, and then the tree is in the way, which is like a pretty much a dense, solid polygonal texture or, or whatever. Um, so even if they they can see you through through the foliage, and you literally can't see them, it, it's it's abysmal. Well, the, the escort quests, I mean, they've never... Escort quests, are, you know, everyone knows, and they're not great in this because your AI is, is stupid and they stand in the middle of the road and get shot, yeah. even though you're trying to save their life. But there's other stuff like you, you've got to protect a tank that's, mm-hmm. you know, on a bridge um, from other tanks that are coming off the bridge. Fair enough. That's, you know, that's a gameplay mechanic we've seen plenty of times before. And you use this kind of scope uh, to, to call in the airstrikes. And, and yeah, that that's fun. All at the same time <laughs> of being surrounded by German soldiers that are entering, <laughs> coming up the stairs behind you, shooting. And we're not talking like, oh, two guys come up. There's, you know, 20 guys come up behind it's like you. The, uh... And the time limit <laughs> on the tank killing section is super strict. Yeah. So you, you, once again, you just save and load. You, you trial and error. And of course, no, I got that wrong. because of time limits and things, you can you can paint yourself into a corner with quick saving as well. So you end up having to do yeah, sections again. That, that's if you're completely wrong, have to reload the checkpoint. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. Yeah, the, the hard save that I did, knowing yeah. that I could have I could have done that. So to to me, you know, Mister 2014, <laughs> our games are so much better now. I can't imagine in 2002 I'd be going, oh, man, this is great. This is. But, but yeah. let me okay. The, the reason I bring this I up, I didn't get and, that far in know, 2002 because of that you, sniper mission. <laughs> yeah, so. using Metacritic, blah blah blah. But let me just read you some of the stuff that I I mm. just pulled off. Make Metacritic. sure you so uh, game, quote the source. Yes, yeah, so a gaming age. A hundred percent. They gave this yeah. game. Gameplay in a word is phenomenal. You may ask, how is this different from other first-person shooters? The answer I come up with with is that it gives the player a sense of reality, but not to the point where it gets ridiculously tedious. See Operation Flashpoint. Hmm. <laughs> And that's a and game that know, probably people would have said. I mean, we're not covering that game, um, but I, I wonder. You know, that's that's evolved into a whole kind of thing unto itself. Yeah, um, GameSpot, ninety percent. Uh, at the time when shooters seemed to be evolving into two distinct kinds of games, either focused on realistic tactics or arcade action, Medal of Honor represents an absolute best in action-packed, event-driven shooters have to offer. So, you know, the reviews at the time are saying, look, this is an action-packed game. This isn't Operation Flashpoint. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yet, coming to it now, it feels very much like Operation Flashpoint had a reason for it being like that. But this falls in the same category. But, you know, I, maybe I wasn't a PC gamer in 2002. And- yeah, and, you know, I, I probably will we'll be looking back at the stellar reviews of some of the games that have come out in the last year or two if we're still doing Kano Maybe, Rinsen yeah. in 10 years time and we'll be going blimey what were we thinking we might even be looking back at Kano Rinses that we're on a game that we loved a recent game and going yeah that hasn't aged so well and that's just one of the interesting things about video games yeah it, it's it's very strange and but again I think at the time things like that uh, section early on where you're uh, moving between spotlights Stuff like that. I'm not saying it hadn't been done. I, don't, I haven't got an example of the very first time. But the fact that, you know, the PC could do that sort of stuff mm-hmm. uh, e- easier than consoles. Um, and I remember 
like I've never liked stealth sections in games, even in like that bit in Ocarina of Time where you have to go around the back of the castle and not get caught by the guards. Like that's probably my least favourite bit in that Zelda game. But I do remember thinking, ah, oh, sniping the guard towers and shooting out the lights and all this stuff, and you know, you got the like the effect of the the glass sprinkling down and the bulb exploding as you, as you shoot mm-hmm. out the tower. That stuff again was was exciting and atmospheric in two thousand and two, and I still like doing it in something like Metro Last Light, which has basically it's the similar you know similar concept but with you know stronger mechanics and yeah better graphics you know let's be honest so yeah it's a it's a really interesting one the 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 point um personally that as i say i got through through the sniper rally mission wherever it's a french a french village and yeah it's just you know i can tell you that that was no fun for me in 2002 and that is when even though i'd spent 34.99 on this <laughs> on this game uh and it was a pc game and i'd put in the code you know um so there was no trading it in um that was it i was done with that game at that point uh, even though the graphics were great and i was enjoying i really liked the feel of the sniper rifle and the i mean even that seems so basic now because there's got no shake it's got no flare on the lens it's got yeah, no it just, dirt it's just a, it's just a crosshair um all that sort of thing uh, it was that mission I thought was so poorly designed and so frustrating and so not fun that it made me not want to play the rest of the game, which is actually a significant chunk. That's only about maybe half, two thirds of the yeah, way I through. Think, yeah, mission three, I mean, the last, isn't yeah, it? out of six. Oh, right. And what is it with games and everybody still wants to kill you even though the buildings <laughs> exploding around Again, them? It's yeah. like just run, Absolutely. everybody. Let's. I, it's it's so. I mean, it, I mean, games still do it now. It's not a, a criticism of this one in particular, but it it did make me laugh because it's so obvious that they're trying to take key or UI. There's a you know the whole base is literally going up. But it does all. It does but, also sort of highlight some of the things which games still arguably get wrong, in, depending on their tone, depending on their intent. Um, but stuff like in Medal of Honor Allied Assault, you some of the enemies are uh, annoyingly bullet spongy, as you'd expect, even on easy. Um, but they'll you'll you know shoot them a couple of times and they'll go they'll go to the floor clutching various bits of themselves in uh, in the style that we saw perhaps you know I remember seeing this first in Goldeneye and being ama- being amazed yeah by I think it. most people do but in this they suddenly you know they suddenly there's there's no blood in this game either um, which is mm, is there no blood I can't I don't remember seeing any blood no, um, which seen, which is you know kind of weird you're, you're going for this serious war game and and no one ever gets a spot on them I quite like the fact that it was it was very understated in Saving Private Ryan uh, and Band of Brothers and they were often you know probably quite realistically shots that you didn't really see much effect from um, you know just going into clothes and that sort of thing you probably wouldn't have had an you know it's not like um, a John Woo movie or something where with squibs going off which seems weird because uh, Saving Private Ryan was a 15 so if they were going for that audience they didn't they didn't need to skew it younger than that did they really but um i guess it's yeah could have counted for sales couldn't it so yeah um so the uh allied assault uh, missions um quite a few of them you will recognize as uh, being heavily influenced by scenes from saving private ryan and the first dlc that came out later the same year spearhead um i believe now i only saw i, I bought band of brothers more recently for my girlfriend um but i haven't watched it since it was first on but i believe that some uh, several of the scenes in the spearhead um dlc oh, yeah. are from uh you know scenarios depicted in band of brothers uh which is obviously a fictionalized version of certain events of uh, the u.s mainly the u.s forces in world war ii uh, so 
one of the things I noticed about Spearhead was um, it did. I, I, maybe I imagined it, but it, it it felt slightly better to play in some ways. Like they'd, um, as I say, they'd. I think they turned down the aggression on some of the AI. Maybe they were slightly less bullet spongy. Um, there were some seemingly some some of the uh, the graphics on the houses and stuff were a bit improved. You got some quite nice lighting effects mm. and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's real time lighting or anything, but it just looked a little bit it like you know like it had had a few extra months polish on it. Um, uh, it kind of made me think I was ashamed they didn't go back to the first game and patch it up with whatever they'd done, but. Um, and yes, it's. Uh, I can't remember how much they charged for these at the time, but these were fairly substantial bits of uh, DLC at a time when this this idea. I mean, you know, add-on packs have been around since forever in gaming. Since yeah, since they killed them more tapes and discs. They, yeah, expansion packs and whatever. But this was, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you could download this or whether you had to buy it on a go and buy it on a disc. I'm sure, most of it's this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, they were fairly substantial. Uh, sort of half the size of the main game again. Um, maybe or slightly under uh, three missions three hours ish or something like that um, Spearhead overall I quite enjoyed uh, in as much as I enjoyed Allied Assault but I, I thought it just felt slightly more polished um, and I you know and I played it through I got to the end uh, it, so the scenarios still just work through towns it's yeah it's fair, um, I can't remember the actual nature of the, the missions all kind of blur into <laughs> one good. another there's some snow and there's some tanks and there's some okay. Nazis and uh, you get different guns you go into some bunkers and shoot some Nazis um, now Allied Assault Breakthrough was the second piece of DLC which arrived uh, later I notice it has a lower average review score than either Allied Assault or Spearhead and I didn't finish this one um, starts off in uh, in a desert uh, scenario um, with I think Montgomery giving you not actually in the game but in the in the, in the FMV some you know some footage uh, and again you take on some ludicrous missions um, and I got a, a few missions in before I met up with uh, this uh, resistance type character and uh, he says right we have to run through the back streets so we don't get caught to get to this truck that we need um, and fair enough that that bit was fine just you know waiting for tanks to rumble past you know whatever okay uh and then at one point you get of course you get spotted coming around a corner by a couple of soldiers um so it's a runaway situation uh he makes that the game does actually make that quite clear that there's no point in standing there fighting them off assuming the idea is that they will just keep coming and he runs off anyway so you follow him across some rooftops uh then he gets to a door uh the door is of course locked um there is no question that you could i don't know say shoot it out or or anything like that no he has to stand there for he says very specifically give me 30 seconds um like that's that doesn't sound like a lot but it suddenly sounds like a lot more when you've got uh, a balcony full of nazis and a rooftop full of nazis one either side of you both throwing grenades at the guy who's trying to unlock the door and you run out of ammo uh, and there's nowhere to pick up any ammo uh, and shooting the soldiers does not give you more ammo. So yeah, that's from the first game as yeah. well. <laughs> so I, I I did have one go at uh, completely restarting that whole section, but I ended up in the same situation. Not enough ammo. Um, you know, partly my fault for not not being an accurate enough shot. But frankly, 
you know, they, these are showing, throwing the old, you know, potato masher hand grenades over this balcony at you. And they keep coming for the, for what feels like an eternity. Uh, and he can only take like two bullets and one grenade, which, you know, is not bad in, in real life terms, but, uh, in video, <laughs> in video game terms, uh, quite frustrating. And so I thought, okay, I feel like I've played enough Medal of Honor Allied Assault to talk about it on the podcast. And I'm never going to play that again. Uh, so the, you got further than me because I finished Allied Assault and went nope. yeah <laughs> I'm fair done. enough fair enough um, I, I had a weird you know maybe just a glitch of mine but there's there's a scene where you have to get a I think it's like you have to get a Panzer um, team that get killed and you have to pick up their weapon um, to then progress through a gate uh, you have to kind of like work for the street and shoot a load of people in, in uh, the high rooftops first um, and I did that and I died lots but I eventually cleared up the entire area couldn't get through the gate love of money it kept saying you need to find the panzer team and I kept finding the panzer team because they were dead in a room and I was like well did, did should they have spawned what mm-hmm. and all it was weirdly <laughs> is that it wouldn't pick up the, what eventually because I had to restart the mission um, it didn't pick up the, the rocket launcher that you needed to get past the oh. gate uh, and it just I kept walking over and it was like nope Nope, nope. And that was after like an hour's worth of clearing out every single corner. And then just saying, okay, restart, like going back, saves, nope, nope, nope. Restarting the entire game uh, and getting through it again. Uh, then, yeah, just picked up the, the, uh, the bazooka straight away. I was like, ah, okay, that was weird. So it's not, you know, it's, it's got a few little glitches here and there. Things can happen. Um, I guess 2002, that's called. Yeah. Mind you, mind you, that's no different now. What a ridiculous statement. There's ridiculous glitches now. There's so. still are. Very much so, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose we should address... Um, we've sort of obliquely come across the, uh, the the sort of scenario and the plot, uh, the, the general conceit that you are this soldier whose name I can't even remember. Sergeant Jack... Mike? Sergeant Mike. Sergeant Powell. Is it... Sergeant Mike. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mike. He is, you know, a one man. He, although the game is portrayed like, you know, you are one uh, one important cog in the anti-axis wheel. Uh, really, you are. You might as well be BJ Blazkowicz in most scenarios because yeah. you are like a you are a one man army. Um, my connection with the uh, the character was uh, about as much as I ever found it was with with any of the subsequent Call of Duty games. Uh, did not care, uh, and you know, there's the the, the there's some interesting uh, real life war footage in between missions. I mean, you know, some people may or may not be comfortable with the use of uh, very you know serious real life footage for what is entertainment. Personally, it doesn't offend me. Uh, I- I think it's, it was done so much better, though, in the early Call of Duties. Yeah, sure. It, it's hard because if people have been gaming as long as we have, we've been through the whole, oh, my God, I don't want another World War Two shooter scenario. Remember that time when it's like everything was a World War Two shooter? Um, and now, now it's like, all zombies. And we, now we don't, you know, when's, what's the last World War Two shooter we are? It's, it's, it, mm. you know, they just don't come out. And you know, I'd, I'd be fascinated to play a game in the spirit of, of this um, with, you know with, with the mod- with newer yeah, sure. well, I played well, uh, Call of Duty was it 3 yeah 3 was, was the last uh, no World at War was no, the last World at War uh, yeah, yeah I, just, I was surprised by how little story there really was you, you kind of got like the splash screens in between mm. as give, giving you the you know the, do, the top secret document if you can you know be bothered to read through it and the um, you know the voiceover of this is very you know important that you achieve this because I, I remember certainly I think it was from the Call of Duty games that that I think really 
done a great job of um, adding real life footage and and making you understand you know your place in in the kind of the big scheme of you know the grand scheme of war and what you were actually doing in that you know in your scenario is to, to help the uh, you know the you know, the whole effort rather than just you know in this game I really felt like I was Superman um, and I was surprised by that and I think it's just because I'd played so many other games after it that that focus on that stuff and i thought this that was in allied assault and it it really isn't it's 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 very patchy i'm not so, no, it, it uses uh, i believe it uses authentic things like the the prototype radar detector that you go after was a real thing and 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 so on um but i think again there's the, the the game wants to have its cake and eat it in a lot of ways and again in that same way that the tone jumps around from uh serious uh, war drama to Indiana Jones type stuff. Um, you know, this guy is uh, is absolutely crucial to the war effort because of his skills and knowledge. And yet, they put him at the front of a landing craft on on the uh, on D Day on the <laughs> Omaha beaches. Now, I I'm no military tactician, but I'm going to say that that probably wouldn't have happened. I know, I know, you know, every, it was all all hands to the pumps and all that. But I think that would have been, uh, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. They knew he was the Master Chief or Kratos. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fine. No, right. I think um, mm. maybe they went more down the path of, in terms of even the promotion stuff for the first Call of Duty, I think they went more down the idea of you being, an Im- you know, uh, your importance is the fact that you are one of the brave soldiers who, you know, fought the Nazi threat in the Second World War rather than you are BJ Blaskovitz in another suit kind of thing. Um, I'd be interested if we do follow this podcast up at some point uh it can only be call of duty one or call of duty classic that we do so it'll be interesting to see sort of where where they went where they took it and see if that see if my recollection on that is sound Mm. um yeah obviously it's going to take a while before we get to black ops 2 or whatever (laughs) if ever but uh yeah no i think that's absolutely right all right then, as you, as I expected anyway, um, this isn't a game that necessarily provoked a massive outpouring from our wonderful Kane Rince community, but we have three quality posts uh, from com slash forum. And Carl, if you could start with Flabios, please. Yep, absolutely. Flabio said, I can only remember a couple of things about this series. Michael Giacchino's excellent scores which they sometimes play at video games live concerts, and the deeply irritating Sniper's Alley level. I can't even remember which game that level is in, just that it was really annoying to play. But it's an interesting series, this, more for what it enables than what it does itself. Without the success of these games, there isn't the impetus for Activision to do the first Call of Duty. EA will go on to make Battlefield 1942 after this, albeit heavily cribbed from the game codename Eagle. Yet, looking through the lens of 10 years or more of design refinement, it's very crude and clunky. Thank you, Mr. Flabio, a games developer himself. <clears throat> now, Neki Mansa says, Medal of Honor Allied Assault definitely looks and feels uh, like a shooter from this era. The jumping is awful. I'm pretty sure whoever designed it never played a video game ever, and maybe never jumped ever. The guns are goofy with some weird fire rates, difficult to estimate accuracy, and mostly awful sound effects. The AI waffles between Uberguard and Dummer's Bricks Guard, sometimes spotting and nailing you from near max view distance, and other times running right <laughs> past you in a room. The voice acting is hilariously bad. I'm reminded of the old Command and Conquer cutscenes a bit. I'd forgotten how different a medkit style shooter was. Everything does so little damage to you, but you still had to 
play carefully so as not to rely on kits dropping off enemies. It feels really weird after being so used to modern shooters. If you thought regenerating health made you feel invincible, try taking 15 rifle rounds and being fine after drinking the couple of canteens the guys dropped when you finished clearing them out. But it's fun! For one reason or another, M1 Garands are always a great gun in these games, and this one is no exception. Even though none of the guns handle in any way, shape or form like their real counterparts... I'm wondering how Necky Manson knows this. <laughs> the Garand is still a fun weapon. The sniper rifle's all right, but something about it just doesn't feel right. Grenades fly and bounce really oddly too. The game has aged moderately well, so long as you keep in mind that it's definitely a game of a bygone time period. You can see some hints of things to come in the campaign, though the monster closets are way more obvious in here, especially since that mechanic is so often used as the way to open the next area to move on to. I actually played the multiplayer of this game a lot when I was in high school. It was one of the games we had on our LAN at school, and a bunch of kids would play various games during lunch. It was a lot of fun. I seem to recall that the map was really small, and I did lots of quickscoping on the sniper rifle. Wish I could say more about it, but the details of those games are long since buried with Quake, CNC Renegade, Wolfenstein, and others. I was itching for a World War II shooter recently. Saw this on sale and coming up on Kana Rince, and it scratched that itch nicely. I think I paid about 2 or $3 for it on GOG.com, while the old Call of Duty games start at $20 on Steam. If I never go back to finish it, I'm okay with that. Just having it on my shelf in case that urge to shoot up some Nazis comes up again. <laughs> it, it, it's quite interesting that you said the voice acting's hilariously bad. Yeah. It's it's not great, but when I think hilariously bad, I think of something like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Evil. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it didn't. I mean, it's got that thing where it doesn't sound like they're where they are at all. Like it's, yeah. it sounds like they're in a studio, and there are, there are some quite sort of um, uh, wooden readings, I would say. But it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not Jill Sandwich territory. I wouldn't have said it had voice acting. I guess that's one. Point. But yes, uh, but Necky Mansor also didn't rate the gun noises, which I thought were mostly fine. So, but yes, he obviously, uh, you know, has has some affection for the game overall. He's also an expert in jumping and an expert in World War Two firearms. So we should probably stay on his good side. Thanks, Necky Mansor. <laughs> Always welcome, uh, Tony. Electric Crocosaurus. I played the PS1 games previously, but it was always put off by what felt like sluggish controls and murky graphics. Michael Gacchino has gone to bigger things since, but his music was fantastic even at this point. Medal of Honor Allied Assault was a different beast, however. That level that sought to recreate the opening of the Saber Private Ryan may have been in dubious taste. Is it right to use real-life horrors as the basis of what's essentially a digital paintball game? Uh, but it was undeniably intense, with some excellent graphics and sound design that put you in the heart of the action. One of the subsequent expansion packs focused on the TV show Band of Brothers, which similarly, un- with similarly unnerving reaction similarly unnerving recreations of the D-Day parachute landings and battles of Bastogne. Bastogne. Returning to Medal of Honor Allied Assault is a little odd now, given that it's missing a number of modern gaming mainstays that were introduced later by Call of Duty. There's no aiming down the sights, no regenerating health, and the campaign sticks to with one character. This leaves the gameplay feeling slightly dated, and those of an interest in World War II shooters would do well to try Call of Duty 2. Thanks, you three. And we also have three, count them, three word <laughs> reviews, which is uh, probably two more than I was expecting. The Neckymancer, fan of jumping and World War II weapons, said, 
Escort missions? Really? Cosimod says, that beach landing. Hogatron. Quick saving Private Ryan. Pro- That's probably good. my favourite three-word review we've ever had, uh, allowing the hyphen in quick saving mm. uh, to make it three words. But uh, yes, that's the sort of thing we're after. So, uh, the summary. Uh, I will start, and I have no idea what to say, really. Um, it was uh, it was as much my idea as Tony's, at least, that we play <laughs> this for Kane and Rince, because... It it made sense. It made sense to us to uh, to jump in on Call of Duty at Call of Duty Zero, if you will. Um, if there are any diehard Medal of Honor franchise fans out there who are deeply upset that this is the only game in the franchise uh, we're covering, uh, we're sorry. You can always come and uh, add your suggestions for further games in the series to play on the on the forum canerinscom slash forum, which we can then add to the list. And uh, find out that nobody on the team has played them or wants to play them. So I'm afraid that's the the situation. Um, did I enjoy playing Medal of Honor Allied Assault in 2002? Yes, up until that level with the snipers that was completely unfair. Um, I remember people, Carl will know this, and I'm sure Tony as well, there, there's, a, there's a level in the Halo 2 campaign quite early on, which is uh, a bit mean with snipers. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it, was very, it was quite heavily criticised at the time. And you know, people who loved the Halo 1 campaign, even with its repeating sections in the library and, and da-da-da, uh, were a bit like, hang on, I'm not sure we like the path this is going down. But the difference was, in that Halo 2 level, the jackals with the snipers, you could actually see them and you could get a bead on them before they got a bead on you. It wasn't necessarily the most sort of uh, flexible, organic piece of Halo gameplay in that series, but it was doable. Um, obviously, this is this level in, in Allied Assault is doable because I did it with a lot of quick saving, um, a luxury that Halo 2 players didn't have. Uh, but it was still absolutely no fun. Um, invisible enemies that can see you regardless of where you are. Um, is not fun um, so I stopped playing it in 2002 uh, only to return um, and to find that 12 years later the graphics of top end state of the art PC pushing games have moved on uh, an extraordinary amount it, it's one of those things where like we know this of course we know this we we, we play games from all eras uh, as, as Kane and Rince the podcast as the gamers that we are and of course, you know that the the state of the art graphically moves on. But sometimes, when it does happen over a extended period, you can you can forget what. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that thing about that they were going for some sort of realism with these graphics that that, that they've aged so much more apparently than other things from from even way earlier than this. Um, and yes, I think I think the the almost comedic nature of some of the the visual representations uh, does negatively affect the game. And along with those uh, sort of outdated mechanics, escort quests and and AI enemies that are either horribly deadly or ridiculously stupid, um, I would not recommend that people pay $10 to download this off goodoldgames.com, even though you get like 13 missions, about 20 hours of, of... Nazi shooting content because I think you could spend your gaming time probably a lot better 
uh, a, a lot more satisfyingly doing something else. Um, but that said, I didn't I didn't loathe it. I certainly didn't loathe it. Um, certain elements of it were just a, a good reminder of how things have moved on and um, probably made me appreciate some things about more recent games even more. So it was worth it. But yeah, don't play it. Carl. I came to Medal of Honor Allied Assault as a fan of the Medal of Honor franchise. I enjoyed it on the PlayStation back in 1999. I was intrigued by the Steven Spielberg connection. I was a big fan of Saving Private Ryan, the movie. And I even enjoyed Medal of Honor Underground. I then played Frontline on the PS2, which I didn't like. It felt like it was a turning point for the series. I didn't like the muggy graphics, the the brown, the green, the blue. It was very sort of it was very poor face, very serious. And for the first time I just didn't like the game, but People were talking about Allied Assault. Allied Assault was going to be the next big thing on PC gaming. It was changing the way single-player war shooters were being told. And I never picked it up in February. I was at college at the time, and my classmates were constantly going on about how good this game was. Uh, At the time, I was a bit too much into the likes of uh, Counter-Strike, which was was my go-to first-person shooter on the PC and I was also a big fan of Twitch shooters like Unreal Tournament and Quake 3, which even numerous years later I was still playing. But I decided to pick it up in my second year of college when they wouldn't shut up talking about how good it was. And I didn't really like it. It was There were elements that I appreciated. I thought it looked good. I mean, this came a few months after Max Payne uh, one which you know we've covered on the podcast I enjoyed at the time but at the time was technically incredible with the the graphics that we'd never seen before with particle effects and as a result Allied Assault felt a little bit underwhelming Um, so it didn't really capture me on that I enjoyed the music I thought the sounds were pretty good and I liked the fact that it tried to tell a serious war story Um, there there weren't that many that were done well if any at all you know we had the the incredibly over-the-top Wolfenstein games, which were, you know, part fantasy um, based in a sort of semi-reality. And you've got the previous Medal of Honor games, which felt like they were a build-up to this point. Like, this was the one that they'd really put all their attention into. But the the game itself always found a way to fight me back, to, to, to stop me from enjoying it. There was a... There was a very strong argument for a lack of fun in this game, and it's something that I would compare it to is whenever I'm pay- playing online shooters, I have uh, family members like my father will come in and he'll, he'll be like, how, how do you enjoy dying and respawning? That's not fun. You know, you're constantly dying, which is a little bit harsh of an insult for someone who's trying to play multiplayer games, but then he, you know, and I, I say, but I enjoy the experience. It's fun. When you're constantly dying in this due to the unfair AI picking you off on the beach or in the ridiculously poor Sniper's Alley mission, it does lose that fun element. It just becomes a case of pure frustration. Um, and, you know, as mentioned earlier in the show, the, the, the quick saving and quick loading does become a very strong part of the very worst parts of this game. It's counterintuitive with its navigation menu... Uh, as Leon mentioned, the only way to realise you're going in the wrong direction is that a game that is brutally unfair becomes just insanely unfair to the point that you think, well, I can't possibly be going down there again. That's not fun. 
And, you know, you, we, we always have this thing where people say, well, you've got to look at the game in its time. And, and it's something that we are, in my opinion, quite good at. We're very fair on games. We've covered old games before from, you know, games as old as Pac-Man. You know, I can go and play Pac-Man, the original now, and absolutely adore that game. It's brilliant. Or, you know, we recently did something like System Shock 2, a game older than this, which you, you look at it now, you say it's a little rough around the edges. But for the most part, it's not just access, uh, acceptable, but actually very good at it. This, it's it's a little more awkward because you're really sort of stretching to find anything that it, it excels at in 2014. There's nothing that really stands out. You know, the multiplayer's turned off now, so that's not a point. Not that I think it was really that much of a big deal. That, that came into CPL play with Call of Duty um, a, a year later. You had Battlefield 1942 come out later in the year, which sort of took over that that sort of bombastic multiplayer experience and you had other first person shooters which you know were so readily accessible on open free mods like Counter-Strike that I was playing that Medal of Honor Allied Assault really fell in an awkward place for me in in 2002 it didn't stand out for any particular reason and it frustrated with its frankly inept AI where you could enter rooms and you'd have a Nazi stood next to you so obviously that you would swear it was a, a an AI companion until suddenly you're 10 yards in front of them and he starts shooting you in the back or you would have a, a spy on your side who would just go and stand in in the spotlights of the enemies whilst telling you to stay out the way or he'd stand in the middle of the road and then you've got like escort missions which you know is anyone a fan of an escort mission? <laughs> they've been done okay. <laughs> you know, they've been done okay, but they've, they've never excelled. And I think that is my story, my history of Allied Assault, is that I've never felt like this game has ever excelled, at least not in my opinion. And as was mentioned in the feedback, probably the most important thing about this game is what came after. And <laughs> unfortunately for EA, they weren't the publishers of it. Uh, so it, it's a little bit awkward. Like Leon, I couldn't really recommend that you pay the 10 bucks that it costs through good old games because there are better value games on there. You, you've got the, the real genuine classic shooters like Half-Life 2, which is a fraction of the cost, even when good old games has a sale on this game, which it will, and you know it's fair enough. It does come with the two DLC packs, and if you want to buy it, buy it. I wouldn't openly recommend it. And Personally, I purchased it later on, um, but... I don't find it fun to play. I didn't find it fun then. I certainly don't find it fun now. It's not aged well. The fact that it goes for realism really doesn't help it because, as mentioned on the Team Fortress 2 show, if you don't have a stylized or a very generous art style to it, it will age. And this game not only has uh, an attempted realism to it, in terms of its art style, it actually goes for a realism in gameplay, and so it ages doubly quick because it doesn't have the humour of of older games, or it doesn't have anything openly unique about it, or that hasn't been bettered since. You know, Halo came out a year earlier and had AI, which was not just groundbreaking at the time, but acceptable to be used again in the Anniversary Edition in 2011, where it still worked really well. This frustrated in 2002, in 2014, I'm sorry, it just doesn't hold up. It pains me to say, because I was excited to talk about this game when it became on the list, because I thought, maybe I'll go back to it now, I'm wiser, I'm older, I'll understand why it was so important. 
And part of me does, but it wasn't important for the great game that Allied Assault supposedly was. It it really is because this is the game that influenced Call of Duty uh, through you know the early years of the Call of Duty series, which for me are going to be a far more interesting topic to talk about. If we ever do it. <laughs> we'll see. Thanks, Carl. And uh, finishing with Tony. So I don't have the perspective of this game. I didn't play it in 2002, so I can't... You know, Quite often with these games, I I kind of think how I felt then um, and then compare that to now and, and hit a, a point in between. What I can say is that, you know, being told that, you know, Halo and Half-Life uh, and many other games existed before this, it leads me to look at it in, you know, 2014 and say, if this game was released now, then, you know, it'd probably get, you know, well, it would get sorted, it would get free across the boards, it would be, you know, it's one of those ones where you'd, you'd be, people would be saying, are you having a laugh? Um so you know that's ultimately my review. Now it, it's not a very good game to play. Now we've ad nauseum gone over the problems that you know exist in it now. What I can't give you is the context of two thousand and two, um, which I guess if you know if people come into the show if they have fun memories of it, then they're probably best kept away from playing it now because it, it just it's one of those games that hasn't aged well. We've gone back many times in the mist of time um, and found out that not only is stuff you know aged you know adequately it's actually got better you know we've gone back to stuff and wow it's games should learn tricks from this game you know you know 15 20 years ago but this isn't one to to cite that that is the case so you know i think we've all talked ad nauseum about it so i'm i would say that it's it's not worth the time and effort it takes to play this game now it's not a short game um you know there's been many many better better examples of world warfare uh, certainly world war 2 warfare call of duty 2 is one i think that does stand out i think it got the balance right um of you know the serious storytelling but also you know the funness of shooting uh, nazis in the face as leon so added <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it, it's unfortunate. And what it does leave us is with that big question which Leon and me were, you know, came to this game asking, which is, you know, how do we tackle Call of Duty? And, uh, I mean, ultimately that's... I think we'll probably put that out to the people to, to interact with us back on the forum because, you know, we're, we're left now going, well, do we tackle, you know, Call of Duty Classic, then Call of Duty 2? Do we do those as... You know, a, a thing where it's World War Two warfare, so they bundle together. But then, is that doing them injustice, or do we do the Black Ops series as one, or do we do the Modern Warfare series as one? But Call of Duty Four, you could say, is one of the most influential games of the last, you know, ten years, and has changed the industry so much that it probably deserves its own show. But does two and three in the Modern Warfare series deserve that? You can see the predicament we're in. I mean, they're important games, and they should be talked about, but, you know, I don't know if our, our fan base wants a year of Call of Duty chat. <laughs> they're definitely not um, getting that. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, Ma- Mario, you can just about get away with Call of Duty. I, I Maybe we're pigeonholing ourselves. So, you know, that's a conversation I think I would like to have um, with people on the forum of how to tackle Call of Duty in the future because it's a requested game, and it's something that Leon and me will keep on studying um, and maybe we should just do four and, and be done with it but I have got the hanky to go back and, pl- and play Call of Duty Classic 
and two because I I do remember those being very very good games in their own. I'm right. more interested to. But I've I've had Call of Duty Classic since it came out on Xbox Live Arcade, and I've only dabbled with it. But I'm more interested to play it now in the wake of playing Allied Assault again. So I'd, I'd definitely that would be a you know a fine excuse to do that one, and then then that would kind of lead us naturally on. But anyway, <laughs> and then we're asked this the is an editorial again, uh, conversation that we're having on the podcast. Well, no, but, it's, I mean, it's, but it's, I know we don't tend to talk about the, the back stuff, but it, it's, it is, you know, this is how we got to this game. Um, you know, and, but, uh, you know, if, in all honesty, this, this is not a good game now. And it, it's weird. It sits there at a 91 Metacritic score saying, you know, I am fantastic, but you're the modern day gamer. It's, it's, there's not a lot unless you've got a really fun memories and you can, you know, tolerate some very old gameplay mechanics. I would just say, it's one of those games better left as a you know as one of those nice rose tinted specks of oh that was fantastic because it it just doesn't live up to it now. Excellent stuff. Call of Duty coming to a Canaanites near you <laughs> someday maybe. One of them. One of maybe. them maybe. All right, uh, that will do for that. And uh, so with just two issues to go. In this volume, it remains for me, Leon Cox, to thank Tony Atkins and Carl Moon and to tell you that next time in issue 149, we say hi to Fruity High Fantasy in Dragon Age Oranges. We're allowed one running joke. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Thank you.